Welcome to season nine of Unleash Your Focus podcast, the number one place to be to start, grow, or scale your online business. This season, we have stepped it up. I am not just diving in behind the scenes to understand what makes these entrepreneurs successful, but throughout season nine, we will be giving away prizes every single week that you can win books, courses, coaching programs, vouchers, and so much more. You will not just get the knowledge from the experts on the actual episode, but we will send you a transcription on email every single week with a summary and a call to action that you can implement in your business. To qualify for prices, please make sure that you are on the email list so you don't miss out and share this with friends and family that you think needs this in their life. Go to unusualfocus.com and register today. I can't wait to share these episodes with you. See you on the inside. Hello, everyone. Welcome to season nine. I'm so excited. A brand new season. This season is about the experts. Now, the previous season, as you guys would remember, is about growing and scaling your business. And season nine is something very special to me because I have spoken to so many experts along the way, and I have learned so much from the experts, things that I've implemented in my business that have helped me a lot. And I figured, why not have a season on experts and let these experts help you guys in your businesses? And today, season nine, episode one, we have Joseph. Now, Joseph is the CEO of Uvaro. It's a textiles career accelerator. And Basically, Joseph's superpower, well, he's got lots, and we're going to dive into that into the episode. But one of the things that really stood out to me is that he actually has five times founding businesses and three companies that he has sold so far. So he's like a serial entrepreneur. I mean, he's really know what he's doing. And he speaks frequently on the topic of sales leadership as well. So hi, Joseph, how are you doing? Doing really well, Joy. Thanks for having me on your show, especially to kick off a new season. I'm I'm so delighted. This is going to be fun. Yeah, and I'm so excited. I mean, I've I've read your bio, and I'm not going to obviously dive into it in the intro because I want people to actually hear it from you. But um, just reading up on you and what you've achieved so far in your life, it's pretty impressive. And I would love to just dive into that in the in the episode as well. But can you tell people a little bit about you? You know, what do you do for fun, and who are you outside of your business? For sure. Uh, so it's always really fun. People always get really surprised, especially our, our team members. I'm very much an introverted person. So computer engineer by education, repeat yeah. founder. So I've had to learn to sell, to pitch. But when I'm not doing what I love, which is building my companies, I try to do what recharges me. And so I pursue music. I do a little bit of music production on the side. I like getting out either to music festivals or spending time with friends, just enjoying great music, great company. Cause that kind of small group environment is really how I cope. So I can bring my best energy to work. Yes. And it's so cool that you said that you're an introvert, but at the same time, you actually do sales development. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. it's sometimes people see that in one sentence and I go like, what? That's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit, how did you get into that from being an introvert? Sure. I, I think the, the first thing I mentioned, being an engineer is really what got me into it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of companies, a lot of people, when they try to hire their first salesperson, they say, hey, I'm going to look for someone who's a team player. So maybe they did sports yes. during college. They're very extroverted. They like talking to people and, and they say, great, now you can sell. And the reality of sales has really evolved from being pure art to being much more a science and a process yeah. and a methodology. And if someone can figure out how that process works and then really run it, they can sell. And so, yes, introverts, engineers, system thinking, you don't have to be just an extrovert who enjoys speaking to people. There's a lot of people who could be very successful in sales and they just don't realize it yet. 
Yes. Yeah. No, that's very true. Because uh, fun fact is I'm an introvert and I learned mm. sales and I was in sales most of my career. And it's only really about following a process and, and scripts and things like that. And obviously getting the right training from people that know exactly mm-hmm. how you think as an introvert, right? So what, what do you think has been your go-to method when it comes to actually doing sales as an introvert? So the really interesting thing is that a lot of the things that we've started doing in a software company, yes. everyone talks about software as a service, SaaS, yes. software is taking yes. over the world, SaaS is eating the planet, all those things. Yes the process that we follow to sell there is actually what's being leveraged in lots of other industries now. Mm-hmm. And every day I see this and it surprises me, the random businesses who say, I want to hire the people trained in your software sales training program. I'm talking about banking, solar energy, personal yeah. services, real estate. Yeah. I mean, the full gamut. And when we think about a go-to methodology, I, I'm not proposing a specific framework. You know, people talk about challenger sales, spin selling. Yeah. yeah. The reality is when companies struggle with sales, mm. it's usually much less about the specific framework. And it's much more about the fact that people aren't following the framework. So, so the, true. Big, the big thing yeah. we emphasize is if you agree to a framework, stick to it. Yes. I mean, that discipline, that's actually what's going to drive success, not the specific yes. methodology or another one. Yes. Now, how did you get your first business idea? How did that come about? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I wish it was something way more exciting. But the reality (laughs) was uh, my parents have always been very entrepreneurial, always. And when uh, I was much younger and I was spending a lot of time on the computer, my parents offered me the first opportunity. They said, hey, you know, you're, you're good at doing these graphics, you know, these designs, you do posters for school why don't you design the business cards or the ads that our company or our partners or our employees need? And my first business was actually just meeting that demand. So financial planners, real estate agents doing their business cards, their brochures, their campaigns. Cause you know, when I was in high school, my friends were flipping burgers at you know the local fast food <laughs> restaurant. And you know, I was billing out at 50 bucks an hour. And you know, as, as a student, that was a yeah. great opportunity. It's like, wow, I, I've got way more control. So that was really the very, I think the opportunity that really whetted my appetite and, and kind of got yeah. me hooked on the lifestyle. Yeah. What has been your, because obviously you've had five businesses and mm-hmm. still have obviously some of those. So what has been your favorite and why has it been your favorite? Oh, I mean, the cliche is like the one I'm in right now. Uh, <laughs> <and> it's, <laughs> so you can't not say that. Uh, but all, all joking aside, yeah. it actually is because it taught me something about myself that I didn't really understand. And um, when I think about my friends, my family, if you asked any of them, you know, what's Joseph like? You know, they'd say he's introverted. He's very technical. He's very logical. I'm I am not an emotive person naturally. I am very logical. Um, studied engineering. I did a lot of computer science, yeah, all that. Uh, and so all of my previous businesses were all business to business, mostly selling software to businesses, you know, marketing software, HR software, sales software. This is the first business where our customer is an individual. Moreover, it's individuals who are at vulnerable points in their careers. It's people who are looking to you know, make a leap between careers, or maybe they've moved overseas, or there's been a massive round of layoffs, and so they're currently unemployed. And for me, what's been so amazing in this business is that 
every single day we hear these ridiculous success stories. Like literally this morning, one of our customers was sending me a DM on Instagram saying they just got a new offer. It's like three or four exclamation marks. And you could just hear the joy dripping off their voice. And I never would have thought that I was working or running in a business that regularly brought tears to my eyes because of the adversity our clients have overcome and the successes Mm -hmm. they've seen. And Mm -hmm. I never imagined it would feel that powerful. And that feels so cool. Yeah, it does. It's it's just helping other people, right? We just humanly wired that way in some, yeah. Tell us a little bit about your business and, you know, what is that that Mm -hmm. thing that actually that you do that is giving these clients the results? For sure. So we have a career success platform. And, mm-hmm. and what that means is we offer tech sales training. So yes. most of our customers will start off in either our 12 week or our four week program, okay. and they learn how to sell software. Yes. Uh, but we pair it with some very, very personalized career coaching and matching. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not, you know, sending you to a random software company, it's not pushing you into a very specific role, it's helping you uncover what motivates you and what inspires you. And yes. There are thousands of software companies out there, and we help with some very exciting matching. Uh, And then we have an alumni network and a coaching network so that you can succeed in the role. And so it's all about helping people navigate a tough time and then crush it in their new role. And we get to hear all the successes going forward. And I think the part that's really unique about our business model Mm -hmm. is that we don't require any upfront tuition. So the vast majority of our members don't actually pay any tuition until after they completed the program yes. and land their full-time role. Nice. So we're very aligned to their success. Yeah, that's really, really cool. What have been your biggest struggle with this business model? Uh, the biggest one actually has been handling scale. Um, our, <laughs> it's, it's my friends, my, my, my other friends always, every time we get together, they always give me a hard time. They're like, oh, poor Joseph. He's dealing with so much success. It's a hard time. So I'm, I apologize for what sounds like an embarrassment of riches, but there are some real challenges. It's a real um, challenge. Yeah. Yeah. We, we launched Uvaro January, 2020, and we weren't sure what the success was going to be like. And then the global pandemic hit and suddenly everyone wanted to switch careers. Everyone who's hiring sales want people who's trained in remote selling. And we went from no applications to 4,000 applications a month. I mean, we actually receive more applications than the largest college in America. And Mm. that happened almost overnight. And so just thinking about the processes, how do you, how do you, actually give a bespoke experience how do you ensure people succeed in their roles and yeah. uh, so handling all of those those are real challenges and the worst thing we could do is to just scale too quickly because every customer is a very real life challenging story and we've had people who have escaped these really terrible life situations by using our platform and so we need to really respect and honor that and not scale yeah. recklessly yes. so that's hard yeah how did you overcome that though because that's a massive challenge you know that's 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 out of because i've had clients that had to deal with similar things so i can understand 100 mm. percent how challenging that is so how did you overcome that because that's huge uh i think there's a lot of really good lessons learned and i'll, I'll get to those but i think the really easy thing to point to is that we have an exceptional team and I, I am so lucky to be working with 
founders that I've worked with before. So my co-founders, we've gone through multiple companies together. Mm -hmm. There's so much support, trust, respect. We can go in bravely to situations and and that's huge. And the three of us are very committed to supporting not just our customers, but our own people. So things like resilience training, mental health training, how do we do the right kind of diversity and inclusion training so that we can treat the diversity of our members the right way? Very, very supportive culture for our customers and internally. And I think without that, we wouldn't have made it through uh, because there were a lot of tough moments. Um, Mm. The the year's been tough for people overall, but when you're also carrying the emotional, you know, you know, challenges and weight yeah. of yeah, yeah. Uh, of your clients, that that magnifies it. And That's so we spent a lot of time on that. Yeah. Wow. I actually really love what you guys did. I think it is so empowering. And especially now with the pandemic. And you know, it sounds like you guys are helping a lot of people. So like that's we, awesome. So yeah, that's great. We are, but I should also uh I think I would be remiss if I if our team took all that credit, because the reality yeah. is the members are the ones who are doing yeah. that incredible work and, and pulling them outside of difficult situations. Um, yes. I think about one of our customers, he was working in San Diego, San Diego, LA, uh, Southern California. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was in overseas. Uh, so he had come from overseas and his visa got rejected oh, no. uh, because, you know, during the, the recent climate, a lot of political yes. changes, there's yeah. a lot of work with visas. So in the middle of the program, instead of getting sent home, he decides he's going to immigrate to Canada. And so in the middle of a program, he changes countries. He comes from a trucking role to a role selling AI powered business intelligence solutions. Oh, wow. I know. And (laughs) he goes through it. And I mean, we're having conversations with him about, you know, do I do I take this internship here because it's available? And we see what he's accomplishing. And we're saying, no, you know, hold out, like, have a bit of faith because there's going to be the right opportunity. And he not only crushes the program, lands an amazing role, ends up doing over 300% of quota his first month. So they wow. doubled his quota and then he did it again, you know, 250% of quota. So we, we kind of get to ride alongside. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we're in the sidecar of these amazingly cool journeys and yes. they're the ones doing the real work. That is amazing. That is such a fulfilling thing to witness every time, right? It's like people rising. And I mean, that's impressive, the fact that he actually got that. So dear guys go, if you're stuck in any way, shape or form, you can change your career. (laughs) It's not, you don't have to be in a role that you hate for the rest of your life. There is hope, right? What Joseph, I like to always ask about routines as well, because I truly believe that, you know, part of success habits is routine structure, things like that. What is your Mm -hmm. morning routine like? It's so funny. I agree with you totally. And I am also one of the worst people at sticking to my routines. Uh, it, I mean, we were joking about it earlier with the kids that that's, there's always a curveball. Um, oh, man, it's funny. I'm thinking about my morning routine. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, Joseph, you're such a cliched introvert. <laughs> I, I wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is I put on my headphones. So I'll put on my headphones and while, you know, going through the morning routine of like, you know, getting dressed, brushing teeth, you know, just getting everything ready, getting breakfast for the kids, I'll be listening to a podcast or two. And so for that first half hour, sometimes 40 minutes, I'm 
you know, learning, picking up new things, but kind of being in my own world. And that makes it a lot easier for them for me to be focused, you know, with the kids and family, getting them up and running. Mm -hmm. uh, and for us, what we added to our routines um, as a founding team, very, very close. So we do a lot of this together. Uh, we set up daily reminders. So we use, we happen to use Slack, but this could be done in any platform. Yes. Uh, we have Slack message us as a group at 7.45 before the day really you know kicks off and you're into the flow. It's like, hey, what are you trying to accomplish today? What are you blocked? And so it's really easy for us. It's, hey, there's the reminder. Let's message to the team. Let's sync up. Uh, and usually by the time we get through that, uh, you know, now we're, we've got the kids out, we're off to the races and we can actually dig into things. Yeah, that's actually good. I mm. like that. I like the education first thing in the morning. I don't know how you do it though, even with earphones on because it's still noisy, right? Especially having smaller children. <laughs> The best gift, I'm convinced, the best gift you can give an entrepreneur is noise canceling headphones. Hundred <laughs> percent. I've got them too, but I, so. maybe I should look at what I've got. <laughs> I guess it depends on your children, right? And no. uh, your ideal client, how does that look like, Joe? Because I've obviously, you know, ideal client is something I teach in my because I've got a membership teaching entrepreneurs mm -hmm. or small business owners marketing, and one of the things I always dive into is your avatar. So how does your mm. avatar look like? It is so fascinating. Um, in a consumer market, I mean, yes. there it is such a broad range. So yes. here's the interesting thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you our ICP, but yes. to to really kind of pop the bubble, there's 72 million people in North America who fit this. So it's it sounds specific, but it's actually still massive. Yeah. Uh, our ideals, the group that we know we help the best. Uh, we help a huge range, but the ones we help the best. They are very young professionals. So the median age is 29 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the range is like 22 to 35 is yeah. most of our clients. Um, the youngest was 18. The oldest was 70. Um, That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. 60% uh, of them are single. Most of them are working in the service industry, which means a lot of part-time work a lot of gig work, a lot of transitions. Mm -hmm. So the actual median income for our members when they first sign up is only about $30,000 because they've been in some tough situations. They've been in a transitionary state. Uh, two thirds of them are women. Okay. Half of them are racialized. The interesting thing is that although, you know, 60% of them are single, almost half of them also have kids. And a lot of them face additional barriers, either a lack of education, experience, newcomers to the country. Yeah. So a ton of systemic barriers. Um, wow. So that's who we, we tend to help. And mm. so it's amazing. We get to see every single day, newcomers to the country, single mothers, yeah. uh, people that are dealing with disabilities or racial inequity and helping them overcome that. And yeah, yeah it feels like every day it's another underdog story. It's, it's rewarding though. How long did it take you to, to get your avatar? together because i mean that's obviously like quite a big you know thing to narrow down um it was weird it was both fast and very long uh so we had some early hypotheses okay. uh we suspected some of these um mm -hmm. you know the barriers uh most of people unemployed uh the age demographics so not not people fresh out of school you yeah. know not people you know the far into their career they're just They've been at it for maybe a decade and, and they're feeling not quite fulfilled. Yeah. Um, that was our hypothesis. And so we wrote that down right away. Uh, and I mean, I think our first landing pages, 
you know, went so far as saying, hey, does this yeah. look like you? Are you know, it's like, <laughs> you're 30 years old, you're not satisfied with your career, like a lot of those leading questions. Yeah. Um, but we didn't feel confident in it until two things happened. One, we ran our program long enough that we could see success metrics mm -hmm. for what the average employment and average incomes were. So mm -hmm. uh, to put it in context, our average member, the median, comes to us at about $30,000 and is landing a role just under $70,000. Wow. So we're more than doubling their income. We want to validate that. Uh, and we want to have enough of a sample set we could go back and look at those demographics. And that took us almost a year to have a large enough sample set that we could mm -hmm. go to a third party to audit it for us and give us those demographics. And they were very, very close. Um, there's a few things we were surprised at, but by and large, it was very close to our early hypothesis. So we were, we were pretty lucky with our first guess. Yeah, that's actually really good. Do you ever interview your avatar? Like, do you ever speak to your client just to get a more a deeper understanding on them? Every, every day. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Uh, it's really silly. We, uh, for our organization, we talk about being very porous, you know, a yes. lot of ways in and out of our organization. So yeah. I think I mentioned earlier, we know, one mm -hmm. of our customers was sending me messages on, on Instagram. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I wasn't their instructor. I wasn't their coach, but mm -hmm. I've got that relationship and a lot of our team members do. So we talk to them all the time and yeah. you have to, because mm -hmm. they come to us, yeah. they come to their peers mm -hmm. to, to handle things like there's been a death in the family or yes. I'm trying to escape an That's abusive tough. home situation. So I need a new career. Mm -hmm. There's, we talk about real talk mm -hmm. and we have to create a safe space for our clients to do that. And so, yeah, we, we speak to them profoundly every single day. Mm -hmm. That's awesome though. I really love that client relationship building. It's so key for any business, right? Joseph, what do you think is the thing that makes you successful? <laughs> it's, it's really funny because I, I think about that question, you know, a couple of ways. So the first one, you know, being very engineering, very, very logical of, you know, my immediate thought is like, what do, what do I do that I think makes me successful? And uh, the stuff that I lean towards is the fact I'm a voracious learner. Uh, so I'm, I'm reading all the time, like listening to podcasts, yeah. just constant new information. And um, I like being able to put it and apply it to the business right away. Yeah. Uh, honestly, though, when I, when I speak to friends and family, and, and my wife says this, I think the biggest impact was the fact that my parents were entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. So they opened doors. They told me you can do this. They, mm -hmm. they asked me challenging questions like, do you want to flip burgers or do you run and run your own business? And <laughs> I think yes. having entrepreneurial parents and coming from a family that didn't have a lot mm -hmm. gave us that my sisters are the same thing, gave us a strong foundation of you, you succeed better together mm -hmm. and you can do amazing things and you don't have to wait for permission. And yeah. I think that's probably given me more opportunity than just my podcasts and books. Yeah, that's actually really awesome because that foundation is important because it shapes us as children. You don't realize it, it until you're an adult, right? You don't appreciate it, yeah. I think, as a kid as much as when you grow up and you're like, oh, okay, there's actually a clear pattern there. <laughs> yeah. It's also really terrible because I look back now at the books that were the most profound and impactful and I'm like, oh, crap, this is all the stuff my mother gave me when I was in high school and said, read this because you'll find it interesting. And I'm like, oh, Damn it, she was right. <laughs> she was really right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's very interesting how things happen as a child because you're mm -hmm. like, oh, I don't want to listen about, about, like to them about this thing now. And then when you're older, you're like, oh, why does my kids not want to listen? It's like, oh, that was me actually. <laughs> you know? I, I know. And now I'm thinking, like, what's the stuff I'm telling my kids to, to watch and listen to? I'm like, 
Mm, I've got I've to up my game. <laughs> yeah, record all of that, give it to them when they're 21. You know, <laughs> I, I'm sure I told you this. <laughs> That's it, yeah. <laughs> Um, Joseph, obviously this season is about the experts. So what is the one thing that you think makes you an expert in your field? It's always it's always hard because I, I'm sure everyone listening in feels the same thing. To be successful, you have to be really good at so many things. And right. it's hard because yes. you take your eye off one ball and you lose track. Correct. Um, it's hard. <laughs> it is. It yeah. is. So I'm, I'm probably like a lot of the listeners where I feel very inadequate in a lot of areas all the time. Yeah. Uh, if, if I think back to past employees and what they've talked about, okay, mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll use that. What I've heard from a lot of past employees or folks mm-hmm. who have come back again is our ability to create and scale a culture deliberately has been a huge advantage. And when I think about our success being built on having amazing people, that rings really true to me. So if, if I had to lay my claim to something, I'd say it's mostly around building exceptional cultures deliberately. That's beautiful, though. That really is beautiful. Is that something that you teach outside of your business? Is that something that you might want to teach one day? Oh, good question. I don't. I mean, I do a lot of mentorship. I do yes. a lot of uh, angel investing, uh, particularly into women-led companies and uh, companies led by visible minorities. Um, we spend a lot of time talking about building, you know, culture. Uh, I don't know if I'd ever say, Hey, I want to teach that as a program, but I love sharing and talking about it and riffing mm-hmm. on it. Um, so I always love, always love discussing it. It's a fun yes. topic. Cause I think yeah. it's so important to have that in any business. And a lot of businesses lack that so much mm-hmm. and they don't always realize that they do, but they, they do. <laughs> and, I think yeah. you hit the nail on the head though. They, they often don't realize it. And yeah. I think a lot of individuals, a lot of founders, don't realize how important it is until they get to an like an oh crap moment yes. something goes really bad and yeah. that, at that point i don't know if they'd go looking for a, a course on it um sometimes they're just looking for maybe a shoulder to lean on maybe cry on uh <laughs> and then it's a matter of hey how do we we fix adjust adapt and and move forward yeah that is so true um i sadly worked in government for a couple of years in between having children and uh, just temping I would never do it permanently I hated it and um, it was interesting enough because I've worked I I could never keep a job for longer than two years I see I always needed to have my own business it just Mm -hmm. never worked out for me Um, but working in government there were so many culture flaws in there and Mm. I remember the one government department I'm not going to mention the name but um, they even got experts out to come and teach culture and oh, no. it failed. And I was like, oh, you can't teach that. You need to create it from the inside, right? So, that's, that's the big thing. I think a lot of folks, um, I think a lot of founders make the mistake of saying they, they, they want to give attention to it when they get to scale. Yes. It's kind of, they're like, ignore it, ignore it, ignore it. And then they realize, hey, this is really important. So they bring in and often it's an HR person. Yes. Like, great, you're going to do payroll and recruiting <laughs> and culture. Go. <laughs> fix culture. And I mean, A, that's setting somebody up for failure, but I think more importantly, culture has to be guided and coached and internalized from the top all the way down the organization. That's it. Because if you have this side Mm. person coming in here saying, this is what you should do, but it doesn't come from the top actually driving that decision, it's not going to help, right? It's interesting you say that because 
a lot of companies across New Zealand, they changed their name HR to people and culture. That is like the new phrase that New Zealand is used for, for HR. I don't know if it's like an international thing, but it's quite interesting that. So yeah. culture is important in a lot of businesses. It is. It absolutely yeah. is. Our, our last company, uh, the last one that we sold was in the HR technology space. And I remember one of my most, let me think the right, right polite way to phrase it. It's called eye-opening. Let's, let's okay. go with that. <laughs> one of my most eye-opening conversations uh, was with a prospect. Um, yeah. I won't name the company because it's a very well-recognized company, but it's in the marketing space. Yeah. And I remember going in and meeting with their executive team because we wanted to sell our software to them. Yeah. Uh, and there were about 400 people at the time. And their answer to us was, we don't believe in HR. Oh. We're, we're a little bit confused. Like, well, it, it's nice that you don't believe in it, but it's, it's still a thing. They're like, no, HR just makes things worse. And what they were saying, what they were trying to say was that culture is so important. We don't want process to get in the way. Yeah. And I hear a lot of entrepreneurs that say that. And like you talked about people and talent, but at the same time, if something's really important, mm -hmm. you actually need to invest in it deliberately. Yes. Uh, I mean, no one at that company would have come back to me and said, we don't believe in security. You know, <laughs> security gets in the way of doing software right. No, no. <laughs> and it's a, it's enough thing. It, yeah. You need both. You need really good process and you do need to be really intentional and deliberate. Mm. But your people are so profoundly important that your founding team, your CEO has to care deeply about that stuff. And mm. that's hard because I think a lot of founders treat it as a distraction instead of the reason they're building their company. Yeah, that's so true. I really like that. It's, it's yeah, 100%. Joseph, what's your mission for the rest of the year or even for the next year or two? What is your mission in life? Oh, I, I mean, I love it so much because what I'm trying to do every day is very much our company's mission. And we're on a mission to help the world's professionals have more fulfilling careers from their first job to their last. And I, it's not just about, hey, put that poster on the wall. Yeah. We think about it and we talk about it every single day. And yes. I love that as a CEO, we're delivering career success to our customers and yeah. I get to spend my energy delivering career success to my employees too. And that's, that's so fulfilling. That is awesome. I really, really love that. Okay. Yeah. So one last question. What well, bit mm -hmm. of a statement. A lot of people that listen to this podcast, I've mentioned to you before, they, you know, they, they started their businesses, they stuck or they have failed and they just not like wanting to do it again. What advice would you have for somebody when they sit on the fence and they're not sure what they should do in their business? It's such a tough question. I mean, mm -hmm. the first thing that I always say is that take a breath and realize you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Like being a founder, being a CEO is the loneliest job you you can't go to your employees. You can't go to your investors. Your your spouse probably didn't chase an entrepreneurial path. You know, my, my wife's in government. You know, she's got a very different value framework for her job. Uh, it is very lonely, but there are people like like Joy, like listeners in this audience. You know, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. That's the first and the most important thing. The second thing I always suggest is reach out, have a conversation. If it's mm -hmm. someone in your networking group, sure. Even just a stranger, another founder, another CEO, the number of people who are comfortable just saying, mm -hmm. I'll hop on a call, be a sounding board, mm -hmm. empathize with what you're experiencing. If you can get yourself out of that, that fear, that panic in the moment, yeah. you can always make better decisions and taking that breath, have a conversation and then reflect. You'll feel better, more confident about your decisions. 
I love that. That's really good advice, guys. Joseph, where can people reach you? Where can they say, I need Joseph in my life. His company sounds amazing and I need to join his <laughs> movement. How can people reach you? Oh, you can always hit us up. Our website's uvaro.com, but mm-hmm. connect with me. I'm on everything. Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Joseph Fung, all one word. And I'm always happy to connect with other founders and entrepreneurs. That's awesome. And we'll definitely, we'll make sure that all the links is on the bottom so you guys don't miss out on any of them. Thank you, Joseph. This has been amazing. I think what you guys do is absolutely fantastic. And thank you for being the first guest of season nine. This was so much fun. Thanks so much, Joy. Looking forward to hearing the rest of the season. This is going to be fun. Yes, I'm looking forward to it too. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks so much. See ya.